0: Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor David. The Reaching In Podcast is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News, which focuses on your spiritual growth with an emphasis on sincere devotion, lifelong discipleship, and authentic discussion. Welcome back to another episode of the Reaching In Podcast. This is Pastor David, and it's my pleasure to be with you today. You know, it's a privilege and an honor to be with you guys to have you click on this and listen to it. I understand that you're busy, but I'm so glad that you decided to listen into another episode. We're continuing our devotion through James chapter one. If you missed out, James chapter one, verses two and three, we hit that scripture, those two verses last week. And today we're going to go to the next verse because. That's how we do here at Calvary Chapel Newport News. We go verse by verse, breaking down the word of God and allowing us to chew the great nuggets of wisdom and instruction and guidance that God has for us. So without any further delay, just wanted to talk about something pretty natural that we all kind of know about before we get into the spiritual. How many of you bake? How many of you are bakers? You know, if you're if you like to bake, baking to me is like chemistry. I'm more of a cook. I like to do things on top of the stove, and occasionally I'll bake every now and again. If you are a baker, put down a pie in the in the comments. Throw up your favorite dish. Let me know what your favorite baking dish is. Um, who knows? I may ask. I, I may need to come by and sample. But um, baking is so precise, and you know, there's nothing worse than taking something out of the oven, sticking that knife or that toothpick in it, and it's not done, isn't it? There's nothing worse than that and then having to go put it back into the oven and then wait and then test it again and again and again, you know, but there's nothing like baking it and it comes out right the first time, you know, you take it out of the oven, that knife is clean, that toothpick is clean, it's ready to rock and roll, you're just just waiting for it to cool off before you can sample it. And in this verse here, we're going to kind of talk about this idea of taking things out too early, this idea of... Not allowing the thing to cook, to bake, to mature, and and because of our impatience, we miss out on the tasty morsels and the great fulfillment that God wants us to have, and the profit that He wants us to get from trials. Because that's what this passage is all about, James chapter one, two, and three. Verses two and three, we were talking about how do we profit? How do we change our attitude regarding trials? We know that in the world, everyone is seeking to get away from trouble, getting away from distress, getting away from anything that would cause any amount of discomfort. But we know that the Christian life is not an easy life. It's not a cruise ship. Pastor Tony has told us on many occasions that the Christian life is not a is not a trip on a, on a cruise ship, but on a battleship. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. Granted, the victory has already won. The ultimate victory has been won in Christ. And yes, we have that. We fight from a place of victory, but nevertheless, every day we are fighting a spiritual battle. We are fighting it in the natural. And as we pray, we engage in the supernatural as well. So how are we to look at trials? We saw in verses two and three that we're supposed to change our attitude because when the trials come to test us, they're there to produce something if we will allow them to if we count them all joy with the knowledge that this trial right now, these kids that you've given me, Lord, this spouse that you've given me, Lord, this neighborhood that you have me in, whatever state that you're in, this is a testing of your faith, which, which can produce patience, but it's up to you. There's a choice. You can continue to curse the test. You can continue to curse the trial, or you can say, trial, test, I know what you're after. You're here trying to see what kind of faith I have and I'm going to trust in the Lord Jesus and continue looking onto onto Him. And so we head to verse four, and verse four of James chapter one says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So let's dive in. But, or however, or nevertheless. So verse two and 3 were telling us, change your perspective, brother, change your perspective, sister, when you fall into various trials, all types of situations, knowing with the knowledge that this thing that's come upon you isn't here to destroy, but to produce. But on the other hand, let patience. I want to stop there for a second. Let is, when I looked up the original language, let is more have or hold on to. In other words, hold on to patient endurance. Hold on to the endurance that God is building in you. Hold on to that thing. Don't let it go. And it lets us know that it's in our power to either hold on or let go. When we're in a test or a trial, it may seem like we're being pushed in one way or the other, but we always have a choice whether to endure or whether to look for the easiest escape route, you know? So it says, let patience have its perfect work. Hold on to patience. Hold on and continue. That little bit of endurance you have, hold on to that and God will grow that thing. But if you don't want to hold on, you're going to miss out. So hold on to patience. Hold on. Patience is steadfastness. Patience means endurance. And when I looked up the definition of the word patience, it says someone who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is hard stuff. This is Christianity 101. This is Christianity 201. This is not uh, for the faint of heart for those who believe the, the prosperity gospel. This is real Christianity w- that we're talking about here, that when trials come, we need to hold on to the Lord, hold on to the basics of the faith, and build upon those things. Hold on to the truth you do know in the situations that you don't know. And allow them to have their perfect work. Right? Perfect means finished. Means full in maturity and in age, where you get to a place of completeness. So hold on, my brother. Hold on, my sister. Endure and allow that endurance to grow to a mature place. Let it have its perfect work. Let that let that baked good continue to bake in that heat. If you try to take it out it's not going to be done. It's not going to be finished. It's not going to be fit for the master. It's not done yet. It needs to stay in the heat. It needs to stay at 400 degrees. You know, It needs to get that nice caramelized crust. You know, I love talking about food, but anyhow, you get the point. The point is we need to allow the heat of trials and testings to bring us to maturity, to bring our endurance and our faith to a complete place. Then it says that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23, it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first part of 1 Thessalonians 5 23 gives us a hint as to why we need to hold on when God is doing this perfecting work because he wants to sanctify us or set us apart and make us holy in a complete way. The, the work of sanctification is ongoing, folks. Salvation is a, is instantaneous, but sanctification is a is a process, and part of the sanctification process is trials and testings. So it's saying, hold on to patience. Let it have its perfect work. That you you will be complete. That there will be a completeness that happens in your life, a maturity that you develop, and that you'll be complete. Just as God is sanctifying you completely. God is not trying to do a halfway complete job in your life. Well, I want to sanctify you, brother, but eh, I'm good with 50% sanctification. No, he wants to sanctify us completely. So allow him to do that. I know it's hard. I know you want to get out of that oven. I know you don't like the heat. I know you don't like what's happening to you, how it's hardening. It seems to be hardening you. It seems to be frustrating you. But God has allowed that test to produce something. And so it also says lacking nothing. It says that you may be complete, perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And that phrase lacking nothing means that you won't fail, that you won't be destitute or in want. You know, driving through the city today, picking up some things with Anita, you know, you always see the panhandlers out, you know? And I have it, it hurts me so bad cuz I always want to give them something, you know? Sometimes I'm not able to because I'm not in the lane close to them or or I just have other things that I have to do and I feel so bad. These people are pitiful because they're in want. And what God is showing us here is that when we don't let patience have its perfect work, when we don't endure and hold on to the truths of the faith, when we don't allow that little mustard seed of faith to grow, because he wants to grow that thing, he wants to make you stronger. When you don't allow that, you will lack but if you hold on, you will lack nothing. In the end, you will be someone that when the t- when the assessment is made, you will pass the test. And to lack nothing means I won't lack what is what is what God is looking for. And when the test comes out, I, w- I will be able to be approved. We don't want to be destitute. We don't want to be in want. How many of you at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when you stand before the Lord, want to be lacking in something? Oh, Lord, if only I had more faith. If only I had more patience. If only I had more long suffering with this person, with that person. If only I held on, I would have attained a reward. I would have had this greater faith. You would have had a testimony. You know, we the old folks used to say, you can't have a testimony without a test, you know? And so God puts us into these situations that allows these things to happen so that we can build up our faith, so that our patience can grow, so that the fruit of the spirit can grow in our lives and so that we can have a testimony to his goodness and his faithfulness. Amen? I want to leave you with one more scripture before we wrap it up. Luke chapter 18, verse 22. Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, and from the description, you know what his issue is. He's rich, he's got youth, and he thinks he's got it all together. So when it says, so when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, because the rich young ruler said that, you know, I followed the commandments, you know, I'm righteous, I've done everything that I needed to do. But Jesus points out something here in this verse. He says, when Jesus heard these things, how he was moral and how he was righteous in the commandments, he said to him, you still lack one thing. God, I don't want to be that person that on that day, he says, David, you lack one thing. My sister, you lack one thing. But he said, you lack one thing. Sell all that you have, rich young ruler, and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. As we can see here, Jesus isn't looking for where we have abundance. He's looking for those places where we still need to be matured because he wants us to come to wholeness. He wants us to be complete in him. And I'm so thankful to God that he isn't willing to take halfway decent work. God does perfect works. Everything he does is perfect. And what he wants to do in your life, he wants to perfect you. He wants to mature you. Perfect doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes, folks, but it means that you'll be mature, that you will come to the fullness of of the knowledge and the, and the wisdom of Christ. And every day you get an opportunity. When you tune into things like this, like the podcast, when you open up your word before you go to work, this is where that maturity happens. When you take the time to say, Lord, build me up in the most holy faith, help me to handle these difficult situations. And sometimes those tests will come without any knowledge or knowing, and you're in the thick of it. Will you have the faith to stand? And hopefully when God looks at your life, you won't lack any good thing because every time he pointed out something, you responded, yes, Lord, I'll hold on. I'm going to hold on in this marriage that seems like it's hopeless. I'm going to hold on even though things on the job are getting difficult. I'm going to hold on because I don't have a job. And I'm tired of putting in applications and applying that you will continue to hold on to the Lord because he wants you to be complete. He's already saved you. He's already wiped away the handwriting of commandments that was against you. You already are signed, sealed and delivered. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. But the thing about the Christian walk is that day by day, he continues the sanctification. We're saved, but he continues to shape the image of Christ because we're supposed to grow in Christ-likeness. And Christ endured suffering. Christ endured the mocking and Christ endured the rejection of this world. And we who are sinners saved by grace, we are no better. We're gonna go through things, but ultimately it's gonna be to the glory of Almighty God. So my brothers, my sisters, count it all joy today no matter what trial you may be facing, knowing that the testing of your faith, that whatever you're in, it's going to produce something. And as we saw in verse four today, let allow this thing to bring about his good glory, his good purpose. I know you don't see how it's going to work, but let it's in your ability to hold on or not. My brother, my sister, hold on that you may be perfected and complete in time to come, you will lack nothing, and you will have a testimony that those that didn't hold on don't have. You will have a maturity in your faith. You will have a steadfastness in your walk. You will be able to be dependent upon. You're going to be the person that people want to know, how did you hold on in that difficult situation? How did you handle that? How did you continue to, to glorify God and praise him in your storms? You're going to be a resource that could point people to Jesus Christ. So hold on, my brothers and sisters. There is a prophet in the trial and there is a savior on the throne. He's praying for you. Don't forget that Jesus is praying for you that your faith would not fail. So as you go out today, be blessed, be encouraged, and I'll see you guys next week as we continue along in James chapter one. God bless you, love you guys, bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were engaged and encouraged. If you're hungry for more content, check out our ongoing Old and New Testament teachings available on our app or through our website, calvarynn.church, and follow us on social media. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the Reaching In podcast belong solely to those individuals themselves and do not necessarily reflect the views of Calvary Chapel, Newport News.